Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. So when you hear that song and you see those uh, letters up there, it makes you remember that movie Toy Story, especially if you had kids that grew up when that movie uh, came out. I mean, my, my girls love that movie. They just, my, my youngest daughter had a little Woody doll that she called her Buddy, and she carried it everywhere, just had a special relationship with it. And, you know, you think about Woody, and you think about Buzz, and you think about Jesse, and that special relationship they had with each other. And it's just cool, right? It's just, this is a, this is a cool movie. Now, I thought that I had a really cool relationship like that with JL. <laughs> Until, you know, a few weeks ago, she decided to betray me with some pictures. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but she decided to dig up some Easter pictures of me. Um, and it's so interesting that the pictures she showed of herself, how cute they were. Like she showed this picture of herself as 1980, so cute there with her brother. I mean, very sweet, very special. But when she showed my pictures, they weren't quite as flattering. She decides that she's going to show this one of me and my, I guess my step family or something. I'm not sure who those people are. I don't really remember that. And then she decides to poke fun at me for my love of cats. And so she, she takes this picture. And, you know, I, I love kitties. There's not anything wrong with loving kitties, right? I, I like them. And so I decide, well, you know, that's not really fair. So I call her dad, Tim. And me and Tim, are, we're close. We, we talk. Every time he comes, we play, play some golf together. He's a good guy. And I'm like, look, I need some pictures of jail growing up that are, you know, not as flattering as that last one. He goes, okay, Tim, you know, I'll hook you up. And I said, you know, she made fun of me for liking cats. And he goes, well, do you know that JL really had a thing for monkeys? So he sent me this picture. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Christmas, you know, I guess you take pictures with your monkeys. That's all right. Uh, but he said, you know, Tim, the, the thing about it is he had, she has a very special relationship with her mom. And so every year she would have this, this picture. It was just taken with JL and her mom, and it was a very special thing. They would go to Sears or JCPenney every year. And so this is one of those years that they took a special picture. <laughs> that one's just... Awesome, isn't it? <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> oh man, I can't, that's burnt in my head, I can't. But as we grow up, we make special friends, you know, throughout our life. Especially we can remember usually friendships in, in elementary school and middle school and high school uh, with people that, you know, we have great memories with. And usually we're telling stories about our past and it always includes, you know, a very special friend. And I call those guys super friends. 
We can always remember that one person in middle school or high school that kind of met all of our relational needs. And we did everything together with them. And we had so much fun with them. And uh, when we, th we think about, you know, going back, I think that's why high school reunions are so popular is because people can go back and they can see those special relationships, those, those special super friendships. And the reason that that's the case and that there is that kind of relationship, uh, those kind of relationships built in school is because school is really a relationship incubator. There will never be a time in your life again where you will have a setup like you have in school to make friends. I mean, think about it. You, you know, you're going, you're, you're spending all this time with them. Uh, you're, you're trying to achieve classwork and projects together. You're, you're uh, uh, you know, going to gym class. You got rece recess. You got, you know, when you're younger, you got school dances, activities. I mean, school is made to make friendships. And so that's why almost all of us can remember that one or two super, super friends in your life. And I, and I had two of them. I had uh, one in high school. I had two in high school and one moved away and God replaced him with another guy. And I'm telling you, we did everything together. We had so much fun together. I mean, we would have uh, uh, great conversations. We would go deep in, in, our, in our talks with one another. And we would, we, would have, we would just have so much fun together to the point where when, we, when I graduated, then I was on a quest to find another super friend. I went to college and, and tried to find that super friend. And even though I found some good friends, they never measured up to my super friends. And then I graduated from college and then I moved around a little bit. And, and, and since then had always looked for that person that I could find in my life that could meet my relational needs in a way that those guys did growing up. And I never could find them. I looked, I prayed for him, I tried, uh, and, and, and a lot of times I would put uh, extra pressure on that relationship uh, just to try to make it a super friend relationship. But what the Lord told me through the years of searching for that super friend is, is basically this. He's like, Tim, stop looking for the super friend. Instead, look at what your relational needs are and try to meet those relational needs with several friends. Because you can have friendships where they're deep. You can have friendships that aren't as deep, and that's okay. You can have friendships that are more about recreation. The key is, is that you just get your needs met uh, relationally, and it doesn't have to be by one person. Now, if God gives you that super friend again, awesome. Praise God. That's a great thing. But chances are, and when we interview people, what we find is they don't find that super friend again. So we, what we do is we supplement. We supplement friendships to make sure that our tanks are full. Now, if you've been in this church for any period of time, you've heard the teaching about tanks. We have physical tanks, emotional tanks, and spiritual tanks. And we have to monitor those tanks so that we have what we call good uh, emotional health. A spiritual tank is one that we understand here at church very well. We understand that that tank is full when we're spending time with God daily, when we're worshiping him, when we're a part of corporate worship and going to church, we're in a small group. I mean, you can tell when you're spiritually filled. And you, the way you spiritually fill your tank is by doing those things and spending time with God. The way your spiritual tank is filled is by taking those things, or, or by the way that that spiritual tank is emptied is you take those things out of your life. And then all of a sudden you start realizing, wow, I'm spiritually depleted.
Then we have that physical tank. Most people understand the physical tank. They understand that if they're going to fill that physical tank, they need to exercise. They need to get enough sleep. They need to eat right. When we stop doing those things, it empties our tank. We don't get enough sleep. We stop working out. We eat, start eating bad. You know, you, see, you hit Roosters or Freddy's one too many times in a week. You start noticing it, okay? Those things drain your physical tank. Most people get physical and spiritual. They get that. They don't understand the emotional tank. And the emotional tank is probably one of the most dangerous ones to allow to get empty. You fill your emotional tank by making friendships, hanging out with people that you enjoy being with. You drain your emotional tank uh, by spending time with people that you don't like hanging out with or doing activities you don't like to do. Now, how do you know the difference? It's real obvious. If you're hanging out with somebody and you just, time flies when you're with them and you just enjoy it, man, it's just, whoo, I, I have so much fun when I'm with this person. It's awesome. Then you know that they're filling your emotional tank. If you're doing an activity and it's just time flies once again and it's so much fun, you know that, you're, 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 you know that your emotional tank is getting filled. But there are people in this world that are there to drain your emotional tank. You can identify them. You can see them coming. That's why you walk away from them, right, when you see them. Certain people at work, certain people that really want to be your friend, but when you're with them, they train you. Or obligatory things, right? Oh, I got to go do this. I gotta go do, ah, I dread doing this. If you dread doing something, that is taking a withdrawal from your emotional tank. One of the best things that you can learn in guarding that emotional tank is saying no. Learn to say no. No, I don't wanna do that. No, I can't do that. No, my schedule is filled. No, I can't, nope, sorry, I can't do that. And it's okay. You know how liberating it is when you allow yourself to say no? And it's okay to say no. I don't do obligatory things. I don't. If I don't want to do it, I don't do it. My wife's going, that's so true. <laughs> now understand, there's going to be things in life that you're going to have to do that are obligatory. Nobody wants to do funerals. Nobody wants to go through uh, uh, certain things and, and have to do certain things. Some of those things you have to do, but they feel obligatory. I'm talking about things that you get invited to, that you feel pressured to go to, that you know are going, it's going to drive you crazy while you're there. Right? You, you know what those things are, and it's okay for you to say, that's okay, I, I don't want to go. Well, what if I hurt the person's feelings? The person that's asking you is probably an emotional drain too. So you're just saving yourself two drains on your life by saying no. It's okay. It's okay to say no. So understanding those tanks, we understand that there are relational needs each and every one of us have. Now, when I threw this message out on the table uh, to, to a group of our, our staff, sometimes I'll do that, just kind of flush ideas out uh, to them. There were three ladies that were on the staff that said, will you please speak this message to my husband? Will you please speak this message to my dad? He needs to hear these things. So a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about today are going to be more male-oriented. But understand that girls, you're going to get these, these uh, principles for the most part are going to be relatable to you as well. But one of the things that you definitely can relate to is that we all have relational needs, and one of those relational needs is that emotional relational need. So you have to watch that. 
You have to look at that. You have to say, are these people filling me or draining me? Are the activities we're doing filling me or draining me? Now, for, for Rebecca and I, we have this group of people that are such an emotional fill for us. And it's our small group. And in our small group, we honestly, we get together and we have fun. It's a church small group, and we don't study the Bible. We don't really, we don't really pray together. I mean, we will, if, you know, if we, if we need to. But we just have a good time together. And that's okay. Sometimes people think, well, it's, it's, it's a church group. Well, you got to get together. You got you to gotta read out of the King James Bible. And then you got to take prayer requests. And then after that, you know, you got to pray for one another. And then you have, to, you have to go deep in the Word of God. No, you don't. No, you don't. It can be a church, small group, and you just have fun together. You just recreate together. There's nothing wrong with that. And with this group of people, you know, usually we don't really go deep with each other in relationships. We, we like to watch football games together. We like to enjoy holidays together. We do holiday parties together. We just enjoy each other's company, and we like to have fun. Well, last summer, uh, Rebecca and I celebrated our 25th uh, year of marriage, and so we did a renewal of our ceremony because she lives with me, and she knows if she's going to make it another 25 years, we got to renew that covenant. Got to get that, you know, in concrete. So we had this ceremony with this cool party, and we invited all these people, and it was so much fun. We had such a great time, and they helped with every part of it. They were such a blessing to us. And then after the party, we took this group picture together, and it just shows that everybody needs people in their life like this. Fun. You enjoy each other. That night was so much fun. Every time we get together, we have a blast, but we don't really go deep, and we don't really have to. We understand that that group is for that emotional tank. It fills that emotional tank. All of us have that need. We also have a need to have friendships in our life that will help us spiritually. We need guys, and ladies, you will need ladies, that will challenge you spiritually. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens irons, so one man sharpens another. Now, these are the type of guys that you know that you admire. You admire how they treat their wives. You admire how they treat their kids. You, you admire how they're a spiritual leader in their family. And when you're with them, it makes you want to be a better man. Those are the spiritual leaders. That's how you identify a spiritual leader in your life and a spiritual, uh, have a spiritual relationship with somebody. Now, for me, Pastor Hooper, I've been with him for 24 years now. And so for me, you know, I, when I first met him, I was 21. He was like 31. And so he was like this spiritual mentor to me and has been for 24 years. And that relationship, that spiritual relationship is still intact and, and I have that kind of relationship with Pastor Dan. And I have that relationship with a few other guys, pastors on our staff. And we challenge each other when we're struggling spiritually. We can go to one another and say, hey, look, I'm dealing with this. And we can, we can give each other resources. We can say, oh, I just read this book. It's going to bless you. Or I just watched this video, and it's going to bless you. Spiritual friendships are so, so important, yet so, so neglected, especially with guys. Guys, we stink at this. Right? We, we, we don't want to be transparent with anybody. We want to just kind of hold things in. We don't, we don't think it's, you know, uh, uh, we don't think it's masculine to talk about spiritual things. All that stuff are just lies from the pit of hell to keep us from connecting and getting our needs met. So we need to be able to talk to people and say, hey, dude, will you pray for me? Will you give me counsel? You know, be able to share with them uh, from time to time some, some really cool spiritual um, 
uh, steps that we've taken in our life. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and, and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. We need those people in our life that are going to give us that instruction and that are going to be for, there for us spiritually. Not only spiritually, but we're going to need people in our lives that can hold us accountable. We need accountability partners. We need guys that are going to help us when we are struggling. Now, this could be a struggle with a sin problem in our life or maybe just, you know, something that we're going through that's a hard season, and, and we just need somebody that can, that can check on us. I have a group of friends uh, that are, are my pastor. I have a pastor's small group, and we've been together for nine years and it's just five pastors, all senior pastors here in the valley, and we get together every other week. And we, we're just there for each other from an accountability standpoint. We don't study the Bible. We just talk. And there's nothing that is not safe at the table with these guys. They know, they know all my issues. They know all my junk. And I know all of their junk. Each and every one of us know our hot button issue that we have in our life. Everybody has the hot button that the devil likes to to hit in our life to cause us to fall into some type of sin. We all have that certain weakness. Some of us have more than one, right? But most of us know, we know what our hot button issue is. These guys, we call each other on that. Hey, how are you doing with this? How long has it been since you've done this? And we will text each other. We'll say stuff like, guys, I'm telling you right now, I'm really struggling with my hot button issue. Pray for me, please. And we'll get responses back like, do you want me to drop what I'm doing right now? I'll come pick you up and we'll go do something. That's that kind of accountability relationship that is so cool. And the thing is, for most of us, we're not accountable to anybody. We don't allow ourselves to be accountable to anybody. We don't want people to tell us what to do, right? We don't. And in the last nine years, the things that they have walked me through and walk, I've walked through with them have been incredible. I mean, they helped me with the, the death of my dad when I lost him. And, and so many other things. It's just been so incredible. And I know without them, I, I, who knows where I would be. Now, we see this relationship in the Bible, and we see this relationship between a couple of guys in the Old Testament, King David and Nathan. Now, David, of course, most of you know, was king of Israel, man after God's own heart. He was this incredible worshiper, this incredible warrior, this incredible leader, but he had a hot-button issue. And his hot button issue was lust. He struggled with it. He had all kinds of wives, all kinds of concubines, and still it was not enough for him. And so one day he's out on his porch, he's looking out, and he sees this beautiful girl. She's bathing naked on the rooftop, and he sins for her. She's married, but he doesn't care. He sleeps with her. He gets her pregnant, and to cover it all up, he has hit her husband killed. And this goes on for a while. I mean, he goes for a full year. He still hasn't taken responsibility, and nobody has held him accountable for his actions. And so as a result, it's starting to plague his life. So what happens is, is this guy, Nathan, comes to him and says, Hey, David, i got to talk to you. I need to ask you something. And have you ever had somebody that says, Hey, I need to, I need to talk to you about something. i got a friend who, right? I have this friend who, who's going through this. Well, Nathan kind of plays this card with David tells this story. He says, I got this, I got to tell you this story. There's this guy and he's, do, he's done this and he's done this and he's done this. And this guy he's talking about did everything in the story that David had done, but David was not recognizing it. And at the end of the story, Nathan said, David, what do we do? What do we do with this dude? And David said, by the Lord, that man should surely die. And we see in scripture 
Nathan's response in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7. He says this, and Nathan says, You are the man. You're that man, David, the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you his house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I'd have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah and stolen his wife. There are times in our life when we need someone who cares about us to say, you are the man. You are that man. What you're doing is wrong. What you are thinking is wrong. You are becoming something that you said you would never become. Guys, we need that accountability in our life. If we don't have it, we will go down roads that we never planned to go down, and we will stay on those roads way longer than we ever planned to. An accountability partner will call you on the carpet. He'll say, look, what, where are you, what are you doing? Where are you going? Proverbs 27, 5 says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And that's so true. If somebody, if somebody loves you enough that they, are, they will confront you on something, welcome that. We need that in our life, whether we're guys or we're girls. Here's the next thing we need. We need a recreational partner. Guys that we can just go have fun with, but also compete with. We need to compete with each other. Guys, love to play, right? I still have people all the time telling me, you're such a kid. Yep, I hope, I hope they say that. I hope they say that when I'm on a walker and I'm just, you know, you're, you're a kid. Yep, I'm a kid. <laughs> I, I never want to grow up. I, I want to play, and, and, and we, we love to act like kids. We love to do stuff that challenges us and makes us feel young, we love to conquer things. We love an adventure, exploring, hunting, seeing new things. We love those things. And I don't know, guys, if you're like me, but for me, like, if I get on a four-wheeler or a motorcycle or if I want to go for a drive, I don't like to ride just for the sake of riding. I want to go someplace new. I want to go someplace with a purpose. Like, there's, there's a goal at the end of the trip. Even if I'm like, I mean, did you see how many miles we just put on, man? Did you see you see the time we made? We just so good. Just anything that we can conquer, any adventure that we go on, we love it. And this, I tell you something, ladies, this, this will make you understand this a little bit. This is why video games and video game abuse is so common in our society. Because guys don't have a recreational outlet. So what they do is they play games that will what? Challenge them cause them to have to advance and go to a higher level, make them go on an adventure, usually cause them to rescue a heroine, cause them to defeat something. That's why video games are so popular among men. And if you don't give them a recreational outlet, they're going to take it one way or another. And I'm, video games in moderation, I, I don't have no problem with that. But video games as an addiction can destroy you. I've seen, I've seen people they, they come home at night, they make their, their spouse bring them dinner in front of their computer or their game. They'll play until all hours of the night, can't get up for work the next morning, have to sleep in, have to call in late. And then they start the cycle over again. Your husband needs recreation and it's better to make them or allow them to have recreation in a fun way 
than in a detrimental way. When Rebecca and I did our needs evaluation for our marriage, one of the things that we both realized is that we needed to be able to recreate with somebody friendships, and we needed to do it at least once every six weeks. So we put in our calendars that once every six weeks, she could go out with her friends and do whatever they wanted for the day, and, and, and I could not make her feel guilty about it when she got back. So I'd watch the kids. She would go for the day. I could do the same thing. I could go out, do whatever I wanted within reason. Okay, and I'm not going out and clubbing and stuff like that. I'm going out for healthy recreational stuff, whether playing golf or hunting or whatever. And I'd come home, she would be with the kids, and she wouldn't make me feel guilty about it because we both got those recreational outlets. It's so important that we allow each other to be able to do that. Listen to this quote. John Eldridge is really the, just the expert on understanding a man's heart. And in his book, Wild at Heart, he says, deep in his heart, every man longs for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Isn't that cool? Isn't that true, men, that that's the case? He also says, adventure with all its requisite danger and wildness is a deeply spiritual longing written into the soul of a man. Now, for me, I, I, my, me and my brother, we go out and we, we'll go, one of the things we do is we go crawfish trapping together. So we put the boat out and we, we go around and we, we troll and we catch fish and then we, we set these traps. It's like a Colorado deadliest catch, you know, especially when we're a little heavy and the boat's a little small, it really is kind of scary. But uh, what an adventure for us to do that. Me and my brother-in-law will go and do those things. I have nephews and man, we go out and we duck hunt together. I know, ladies, you'll never understand being out in the middle of winter in a river, standing waist high in your waders, completely dark, five in the morning, and you are just jacked to blow something out of the sky. I mean, you, just, you may never get that, but that's cool. And when I come home from those experiences, Rebecca sees, sees difference, a total difference in me. She's just like, oh my gosh, you're so different. You're, you're nice, you know, <laughs> you're rejuvenated. And understanding a man, so, so, so this will help you understand how a guy thinks a little bit. A, a man's idea of heaven, let me give you a, what a man's idea of heaven is, okay? This is for me anyway, maybe you're not like this, but I think most guys would relate. Heaven for me is going to be going out on a beautiful mountain, 18-hole golf course, okay? Beautiful. But not just any golf course, and you're not just driving a golf cart. Your golf cart is a side-by-side that's like jacked up. And it's got a big stereo in it. And you just, man, it goes like 100 miles an hour. And so you just, have you ever seen guys drive golf carts on those little golf carts? They drive like maniacs, don't they? Well, in heaven, you got a side-by-side that is just, just rocking those golf paths. And you get out of your, your side-by-side and you approach the tee. And in the back of your, uh, uh, back of your side-by-side, of course, you, you have your golf clubs. But then you also have a fly rod. Because right next to the, the tee box is a beautiful lake. It's filled with trout or whatever you want to catch. And then you have a, a, a bow rack, you know, for your bow. And so you get off and you go, well, you know, I, I might hit, uh, before I hit this shot, I'm, I'm going to fish a little bit. So you get your fly rod out, you know, you fish and you look behind you and they got this awesome setup with chicken wings that are just, they're just cooking chicken wings <laughs> right there. And so you're fishing, and all of a sudden you see this massive bull come out. It's just a record bull. You're like, oh, let me set that fly rod down. You go back to your side-by-side, side and you pull your bow off, and he's just like 30 yards away, and you just smoke him, you just drop him, you know. And then, then all these little angels come out and clean him for you so you don't have to clean him. 
It's just so cool. And so, so you're fishing, you're hunting, and then, and, then, and then they have these exploding targets out on the golf course too. So you can pull out, you know, your seven millimeter mag or whatever, and you can just start waylaying on these, these targets that explode. But it's not only an exploding target, but what it is is it's also a pig feeder. So the pigs come in on the explosive, and when you hit the explosive, it just blows them all up. It's just awesome. Then you might get to hit your golf ball. Maybe. So at every hole, you get to eat something, hit something, catch something, blow something up, right? Shoot something. That's the, that's the guy's, what's that, quinfecta, trifecta, whatever that is. That's heaven. And I asked a couple of ladies, I was like, what's heaven like for you? And this is what one of our staff members said. It have, have to include a beach, right, with palm trees, a coffee bar, where the baristas are just, they're so sweet and they'll make you whatever you want, okay? And then she said, whatever you want to eat that's, that, that will never make you gain weight. In fact, the more you eat, the more weight you lose. Okay, so that's, that's what she said the idea for a lady's heaven is. So whatever that is, and you understand, everybody needs to recreate and everybody needs that, that adventure in their life. But here's the thing. Here's what's, what's, what's going to happen. I'm going to move through this really quickly. The risks of doing life alone. If you decide, I don't need friendships. I'm going to just keep going the way I'm going. Relationally empty men, anyway, will never truly be happy. I believe this for women, too. No one wants to feel alone in this world. You'll never be happy. There will always be something missing. Number two, you will make emotional and illogical decisions. If your tanks are not filled, if you don't have relationships in your life that are making deposits... And you've probably seen people like this or you felt this way before where you're like, you snap at people, you get mad at people easily, you have, you have compassion fatigue. I mean, people have, go through tragedies and it doesn't even, just doesn't even affect you. It doesn't even hit on your give a rip scale. Okay, that's what happens. You just, you just emotionally, it's so depleted that you make illogical decisions. You'll have a tendency of becoming bored. Oh man. There's nothing more dangerous for a man than feeling bored and underchallenged. If you're bored, you're dangerous. If you're bored, you're going to do things that you wouldn't normally do, which really is the fourth point, and that will be you'll be susceptible to escapism forms of sins. Sins that are dangerous and give you temporary relief from your empty tanks. You'll look at things that you shouldn't look at, You'll buy things that you can't afford. You'll make choices just to fill that tank just for a moment. But those choices are fleeting. So it's better to be open. It's better to be relational. It's better to take that risk again and say, I need a relationship. Guys, it's, you just need to raise your hand and go, I need a friend. It's okay to admit you need a friend. It's okay for you to be vulnerable. It's okay for you to be open. The antithesis to those things are really dangerous for you. So you say, well, how do I fix this? Number one, you, you make yourself open. You just try. Try to make friendships. And don't put super friend, uh, 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 don't put super friend expectations on that relationship. Because if you do, I mean, then you're going to put so much pressure on the relationship, it's not going to work. 
But be open to, hey, this person could meet my recreational needs. This person could meet my accountability needs. And it's okay to do that. There is nothing wrong with doing that. My small group has never looked at me and, and said, man, we don't, we don't, we're not really accountable with each other. That's not right. They're just like, hey, let's just have fun. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And we have great, great avenues here at the church for you to be able to find friendships. Guys, our Valor group in between services, if you're not in it and you need friends, just join it. It's in between services. It's so easy to go to. It doesn't matter, too, if you have to miss some every once in a while because each group stands on its own. Ladies, we have a ladies group in the middle uh, of both services. We have a singles group that meets in between each ser- each ser- or, uh, the two services. Get connected. In fact, we have a Valor representative that will be out at the Invite and Ignite table if you need more information about getting into our men's group. We have uh, any of those groups, you can go to the information counter and you can get involved with. But you've got to make the effort to do so. Well, I'm shy. I'm introverted. If you're lonely, shy, and introverted, you're just as dangerous as somebody that's outgoing and shy and introverted. You need relationships. We all need relationships. So let me pray over you that we'll put ourselves out there to get those relationships. God, we love you and we thank you, Lord, that you made us the way you did. And we do want friendships. We do need those in our lives. And I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us right now, that your spirit would cause us to take a relationship inventory and realize what we're missing and that you would fill those gaps. And Lord, if you wanna supply a super friend for us, great, Lord, we'll, we'll take it. But if you want to supplement our friendships with a a lot of great people that can meet those needs, I pray that those relationships would manifest in our lives. We love you, God. We thank you for loving us so much that you care about our relationships. And we give them over to you, and we'd ask that you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next weekend. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.9. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.